हेलो वेलकम डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह दिस साइड टुडे इन यूनिट ट्वेंटी वन लिबरलाइजेशन एंड स्ट्रक्चरल एडजस्टमेंट प्रोग्राम लेट अस स्टार्ट अवर लेक्चर विद टॉपिक रिवेन्यू इश्यूज द गवर्नमेंट कूड हावेवर रिड्यूस इट्स डेफिशिट बाय इंक्रीजिंग रिवेन्यूज बाय आइदर इंक्रीजिंग टैक्सेज और थ्रू हाई प्रॉफिट्स ऑफ द पब्लिक सेक्टर एंटरप्राइजेज as part of the reform package in order to reduce its liabilities the government decided to sell its non profit making enterprises respectively there were no takers because these were companies acquired by the government when the private sector was unable to run them since this investment was a stated policy of the government it decided to sell the profit making companies thereby closing future sources of revenue in 1999 the department of disinvestment was formed by the indian government with a view to establishing a systematic policy approach to disinvestment and privatization and to give fresh impetus to the government's disinvestment program taxes form the major source of revenue for the government in the initial phase of the structural adjustment program a series of reforms measures were take undertaken both on the direct and indirect tax front the tax rates were reduced substantially with the hope that the reduced tax rates would result in greater tax compliance further the attempts were made to increase the tax base by using non income measures such as the possession of mobile phones luxury car etc to determine tax liability because it is widely acknowledged that there is a gross under reporting of income However despite all these measures there was a decline and stagnation of the tax revenue the tax gdp ratio has not been able to climb back to the pre reform period which has severely affected the fiscal position of the government a part of the decline can be attributed to the reduced customs collections since the process of liberalization and tailed the reduction of import duties and taxes there is however one thing to cheer about here the share of direct taxes has gone up from a lowly 19% at the beginning of the reform period to a respectable 41% in 2003 to 2004 it is important that the bulk of the tax revenue be raised from direct taxes otherwise the tax system will be considered regressive indirect taxes impose the same burden irrespective of the income earned by individuals which is undesirable under the principles of ability to pay according to this principle the tax burden must increase with income however discussed the revenue options of the government to finance its expenditure we now turn to the issue of borrowing debts and its sustainability 
Herein we will examine the debt liability status of the center and this would link up with the discussion on rising revenue and fiscal deficit. When the tax and non-tax revenues are insufficient to meet the expenditure requirements of the government, the deficit can then either be financed by increasing the currency to circulation or by borrowing increasing debts. The first option can be fraught with one kind of danger. It could lead to inflation in the economy since one of the targets of reform was to keep inflation under check. Monetization of the deficit at least not all of it was not a valid option. The next option was to increase marketing, market borrowing, though there may not be a direct inflatory impact on this. The flip side is that there is an increase of debt liability, debt servicing obligations and also fiscal vulnerability of the government. But Knight has however demonstrated that financing of deficit by directly selling in market as opposed in the process of borrowing from the central bank is not necessarily less inflatory when the credit market does not clear and there is an excess supply of credit that the banks are saddled with. In India, the debt GDP ratio has risen over the reform period but this has been mainly on the domestic front. The external debt has actually declined to 1.7% in 2003-4 and 5.5% in 1990-91. While increase in debt is not desirable, the fact that the most of it is domestic has one advantage. At least the debt servicing is in domestic currency. This means that foreign currency is not required for repayment of loans to the international lenders and this reduces the external vulnerability of the Indian economy. However, a secular rise in the debt even if domestic is not desirable as it could leave the country vulnerable to the fiscal crisis. The other area of concern that has emerged during the crisis of 1991-91 was the management of the external account. The trade deficit which had grown steadily over the 1980s and was financed by short-term borrowing in the international market created a payment crisis at the time of the Kuwait-Iraq war forcing India to seek an IMF loan. As part of the loan conditionalities, India was asked to liberalize its external sector, import and export, and make the current and capital account fully convertible. After the East Asian crisis, which many felt was exacerbated by not causing an open capital account, India slowed its move to a fully convertible capital account.
here we want to close this lecture thanks for listening